Previously on Disappeared in the Desert. Human remains were uncovered from a remote area in Pima County. A portion of those remains were sent to an out-of-state lab, it's an independent lab, for DNA analysis. Unfortunately, the results of this DNA analysis did confirm that the remains were those of Isabel Sellis. This is not the ending that any of us had hoped for, but this is also not the ending of the case. We're still asking uh, the public if they have any leads. We believe there may still be folks out there who perhaps know something or feel now that they're willing to come forward with information that could be helpful. So don't assume that uh, we have necessarily all the information. You're listening to a KOLD News 13 original podcast. I'm Bud Foster. And I'm Shaylee Sanders. This is Disappeared in the Desert. While the discovery of Isabel Celis's remains brought some closure to the Tucson community, many questions remained. How did she die? When did it happen? And who killed her? One of the biggest questions of all, how did investigators find her remains? Since they were found in a remote part of Pima County, were officers looking specifically in that area? Or did someone else stumble upon them? Tucson Police Chief Chris Magnus remained tight-lipped about this question during the 2017 announcement about Isabel Celis, but did say this when pressed by reporters. It was not a happenstance. So it was the product of a focused search? There has been an ongoing process of many different searches, and this was not happenstance. So, not a coincidence. But that's all we knew for nearly a year and a half until September 15th, 2018. In a room filled with cameras, despite it being a Saturday morning, Pima County Sheriff Mark Napier and Pima County Attorney Barbara Lawal sat side by side as Tucson Police Chief Chris Magnus made this announcement. In early 2017, local FBI agents were contacted about an individual by the name of Christopher Clements. They were advised that Clements possibly had information relating to the disappearance of Isabel Sellis. The FBI immediately contacted the Tucson Police Department and assisted with the follow-up of that information. Police documents, now public, reveal more about the initial contact that ended up being the break in the case investigators were looking for. On February 8, 2017, less than a month before search crews found Isabel's remains, a woman by the name of Melissa contacted the FBI. She told agents her fiancé, Christopher Clements, knew the location of Isabel Salas. She asked agents to contact Clements directly because she didn't have any more information about the case. It was easy for them to track down Clements since he was currently in the Pima County Jail facing burglary charges. 
Clement sat down with two FBI special agents on February 10th for the very first time. In late 2018, the Pima County Attorney's Office released the transcript of this interview and the other times that he talked with investigators. For the first time, we're hearing these interactions. There are exhibits in the case and were available via public records laws. It gives us a better idea of the tone and the rapport Clements had with law enforcement. In head-to-toe orange, Christopher Clements sat in a small circular table in an intimate room at the Pima County Jail. Across from him are two FBI special agents. So you probably know why we're here. We're going to talk to your girlfriend, I guess, Melissa? Fiance. Fiance, right? <coughs> and um, so anytime anybody makes a claim, like they have information, um, like she said, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna check it out, you know? And I wanna see if- uh, I'm glad you guys have done more than to it. anybody else. <laughs> well, good, I mean, we helped a lot in that investigation. I know all the details. I mean, if you've got something that shed some light on that, I'd love to hear it. Well, I mean, I'm not doing this to be a good Samaritan, I'll be honest. Clements wants to negotiate a deal with law enforcement. In exchange for leading investigators to where Isabel Salas is, he wants the pending Pima County burglary charges against him dismissed, his Acura, which was seized, returned, and full immunity for any charges related to the Isabel Salas case. This, right now, if we come back with an agreement that your charges that you're currently facing would be dropped if you tell us the location we locate her. Is and that as long as I know that no other charges would happen as a result and no of other the information that I give you, meaning I have to have full immunity against this. Okay, because well the information there's, there's, of the if location. If I tell you guys everything, say I, after I get out, okay. let me finish. After I get out, if I give you guys everything, there's things okay. that could implement let's, me let's, into this. Let's look at that after. How about let's just focus on where she is, right? Where she is. Well, we'll look at that after, right? You guys must think I'm like one of these undereducated mutts. Well, no, you're not going to give us any information. Like, we're not going to, I mean, you're smart enough. If this all happened, if we found Celis and you were released and we come and you could say, I don't want to talk to you, we're like, okay, you don't want to talk to us. And we'll deal with that late. But we can't make you talk to us after. So that would all be other things. Okay, if we talk okay. to you this is what I'll. This is what I'll do. Yeah. There's roughly, probably off the top of my head, five people, five, six people that could tell you where she's at. Okay. And I'm one of them. Agents told Clements they couldn't guarantee an agreement like that, but they would do the best they could in contacting the Pima County Attorney's Office. But they needed some information to entice the prosecutor to offer a deal. Would you still, I mean, I guess you've been in her 30 days. Has she been in the same location the entire time? So there's no, is there a chance that they moved her <laughs> and that you wouldn't know? I am going to say that I, I, I know where to find her. So she's dead. I didn't say that. Well, what, I mean, what, what, what will her telling us that? that she's what dead would her alive? telling you guys right. that? Yeah. Tell us if she's dead or alive. I don't have anything saying that I'm immune from any charges. Well, but that doesn't do anything. You didn't do anything. But right. if I told you something, if whether or not she's alive or dead, I could. Then... I have reports of five people telling me she's alive right now, and five people telling me she's dead. Wow, well, and either one of those could be correct. The special agents pressed Clement several times to see if he could tell them if Isabel is alive or dead to no avail. 
They then shifted focus on getting details on where she could be found. If you gave us where she's at, would we be able to go and scoop her up this afternoon? Could we do that? Is that possible? With the information that yeah. I have, yes. Right. We could. Absolutely. Without a doubt. You could. No. All right. You could have her within 12 hours. 12 hours? That would take us that long? <laughs> I said within 12 hours. Christopher Matthew Clements, born in January 1982, grew up in Estacado, Oregon. His father, Charles, told detectives Christopher lived with his maternal grandparents. Clements has two half-brothers, but they had not seen or talked to each other in about 10 years. One of them told investigators that Christopher and his father never really got along, and Christopher grew up in foster care. During his interviews with special agents, he told them he loves Acura cars. His fiancée, who contacted the FBI on his behalf, Melissa, said she met with Christopher Clements at the Park Place Mall, where he worked, that mall a mile and a half away from the Sellis home. Investigators talked to his ex-wife, who lives in Sandy, Oregon, about him. She said they knew each other for approximately 14 years at the time. They married two years after they met and had a child. The ex-wife claimed Christopher Clements would stay up all night and watch porn and would bring home girlfriends from strip clubs, and she would have to sleep in the car while the girls were over. Now, nearly 40 years old present day, Clement's extensive criminal history started when he was just 16 years old in 1998, convicted of first-degree sexual abuse in Oregon. Four years later, he was convicted of identity theft and assault in Washington. He was convicted twice for failing to register as a sex offender in 2006 and 2007, and charged with living too close to his school as a sex offender in 2013. In October 2015, Christopher Clements and his fiancée, Melissa, were arrested in a sex sting. Tucson Police Department officers responded to an ad on Backpage, which is now a shuttered website that was sometimes used for prostitution. According to arrest report, an undercover operation was set up at a Tucson hotel. Officers claim Melissa showed up in their room, but left before the deal could be reached, and she tried to run away. While running, she was reported screaming into her cell phone to alert Clements about the setup. He was then arrested while in a car in the hotel parking lot. Both were charged with child abuse because there was a young child in the car at the time, but the charges were later dismissed. The burglary charges mentioned earlier as the reason he was currently behind bars are tied to an incident in 2016. Clemens was arrested for burglary, theft, and criminal damage after police say he broke into a Tucson home and stole jewelry and money. According to police documents, investigators found his DNA inside the home.
Special agents met with Christopher Clements four times throughout the month of February and early March to negotiate an agreement. Each time, special agents tried to get more information about who took Isabel and why. And a lot of people are still sweating bullets about the details. And, and thus far, TPD and you guys and anybody else that's been involved, you haven't figured a fucking thing out. The closest you ever came was Mexico. That's the truth. And you can, you can believe it or not, you can say this guy's full of shit, just like all the rest, whatever, but I am the one person that you guys have spoken to that's telling you the truth. Not unless if you've spoken to five other people, four of the people that I know of, and I highly doubt that you have. So, but why would somebody take a six, now 10, 11-year-old? Because you hit somebody where it hurts the most. But what are they trying to get from him? You're asking I mean, the wrong person. Clements told agents he wasn't involved in Isabel's disappearance and only knew the information, and claimed a member of the Salas family also knew. Clements said he knew Sergio because they both used the same pawn shop. All right, so gold was stolen and it was taken to the pawn shop. You took it to the pawn shop. All right. Um, that was the first time I ever saw Sergio. He claimed around a year before Isabel disappeared, he saw Sergio pay someone behind a pawn shop on Craycroft with gold and silver Mexican coins. When he was paid however much, <clears throat> that was to clear a debt. Okay. Another element came into the shop not too long after and said, hey, that wasn't his to give. That's what I mean when I tell you, I don't know. I have no idea what the exact amount was, and I don't know what it was that made them do what they did. Another element, a single person, came in asking about those coins, the gold coins, the silver coins that were paid to <laughs> refused to give them up, obviously, since it's not my problem. Okay. All right, so I understand the disagreement or possible disagreement over these coins and guys going to maybe collect or do whatever they needed to do to, to deal with him. How does that then translate into Isabel? I, I mean, I can infer... Isabel was a retaliation. Okay. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. The extraction, that was, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even know that it had taken place. Mm -hmm. It sounds as if Clements implies to officers that Sergio Celis was aware of his daughter's disappearance in retaliation and may have been a part of it to settle the debt connected to the stolen coins. How'd they get in the house to take them? You saw the news. I don't know. They go through the door, they go through a window, they go through the garage. What does common sense tell you? That he let him in? Maybe so. Did she have anything to do with it, the mom? Not that I know of, no. Okay. That's the one person I feel... I feel bad for. Did he hand her? Did he walk her out? Or did they get her out of her bed? He did. 
he walked her outside? And did they pick her up or did they just walk her? Do you know? That I don't know. That they didn't go into that kind of detail. Did they, did they actually? Did he but so they didn't actually go into her room. Do you know? Yes or no? Did they go into her room? All I know is what. Yeah, I'm literally giving one card away after another. What? You're really not giving this anything away. Okay. You were told that did they go into her room or did he walk did he walk her out? And what you just told me they said he walked her out, is that true? Yes, that's true. Okay. I have to ask this question. You know what I'm gonna ask? What? Were you one of the two people? Fuck no. Okay. Jesus, no. I have to I have to ask that question. Okay. <laughs> Special agents pressed Clements for more. More background, more details, more proof. But Clements held his ground, firm on ensuring a deal would be made to get his charges dropped and his car returned. I will give you physical evidence that proves that the father had something to do with it. But I'm not going to do that until I'm out of here. That he he knew about it. He's known that she's dead. And I can prove it. As we've mentioned before, Sergio and Rebecca Sellas have consistently denied their involvement in the disappearance of their daughter. We reached out to the family as we were putting this podcast together and did not hear back. We also later learned in court documents that investigators looked into the gold coin story laid out by Clements and did not find any evidence of Sergio being connected to the pawn shop. A deal was ultimately reached between Clements and the Pima County Attorney's Office. We have a copy of the agreement from court documents dated March 2, 2017. Here's an excerpt. If your information regarding Ms. Salas is true and accurate and leads to her recovery, those cases will be dismissed with prejudice, meaning you can never be charged with them in the future. In addition, if Isabel Salas is recovered based on your information, then I will dismiss the forfeiture action involving your car that was seized. An attorney from my office will also speak to the prosecutors in Maricopa County regarding your charges and release conditions there and whether they can be reduced based on your cooperation in this county. Signed by Rick Unclesby, the Chief Trial Counsel for the Pima County Attorney's Office. As far as I understand, this is the location. Avra Valley and Trico Road. Kind of familiar with that area. It's pretty remote. I ask, are we talking now about a gravesite versus a location where she's alive? As far as I understand, she's not. I. She's not alive. As far as I understand, I mean, last time we talked to him, he said he saw, he knew firsthand, and he did say she was alive. I don't know anything about that. When I walked out, I was saying she's not. 
Is it a burial site or just a, a place where a body was dumped? What I know is that's where. That's 100%. That's the area. Yeah, you said when we find the location, it's going to tell us a whole bunch more. I can't see where a location in the middle of the desert is going to tell us anything. Can I answer that? No. On March 3rd, 2017, Christopher Clements led investigators to what we now know are the remains of Isabel Salas. We have the transcript of the drive, but not the audio like previous meetings with law enforcement. Clements and investigators drove around the area of Trico Road and Avra Valley Road for a while, as Clements tried to remember where the exact location was. Eventually, investigators found the spot, but took Clements back to the jail without confirming to him that they'd made the discovery. The Pima County Attorney's Office upheld its end of the deal and dropped the burglary charges and released Clement's car from forfeiture. This did not mean Clements was a free man, however, able to walk out of the jail like he had hoped. Instead, he was transferred to the Maricopa County Jail, where he was facing charges in connection to a separate burglary. You may have noticed that the agreement did not include the full immunity that Christopher Clements was pushing for in the Isabel Salas case. Investigators began digging more into Clements' past and his possible involvement in Isabel's death since he knew the location of her remains. Several search warrants were executed, including in the yard of a home Clements and his fiancée lived in previously. A shocking discovery was made. In one of the corners of the fenced backyard, investigators found a sheet of plywood on the ground. Under that plywood, a Tupperware bin. Under that, officers documented finding a number of items, including a faded purple hooded child's sweatshirt. There was also apparent schoolwork for a young child with the name Mercedes written on it, and ashes. Isabel's middle name is Mercedes. Detectives also received access to items recovered in the search warrant by Maricopa County in reference to the burglary case there. On computers and media storage devices, they found photos of young girls believed to be between the ages of 3 and 13 in sexual manners. Internet search history was also available on the computer. Here's a list of some of the items searched. Isabel Sellis, more than two years before her remains were discovered. Isabel Sellis, sexy. Child killer found not guilty. And Arizona cold cases. A former cellmate of Clements told investigators when they were both in the Pima County Jail together, Clements talked about Isabel Sellis' case and said there may be damning evidence in the trunk of his car and he had to get it back. The description of the car matched the description of the Acura kept in the forfeiture case by the Pima County Sheriff's Department that was mentioned in the agreement in exchange for the location of Sellis. To this day, it has not been determined how Isabel Salas died, but we may know based on the interview with Clement's former cellmate. He claims Clement's told him that Isabel was strangled and that chemicals were poured over her body. This same cellmate says he was shown photographs of the Salas home that Clement's kept inside a Bible in his cell. Investigators then served a search warrant for that Bible in Clements Maricopa County Jail cell in July of 2018. In it, they did indeed find the photos of a tan adobe house with a tall wall surrounding it. The photos were the front, back, and sides of the cellar's house. 
Two months later, Tucson Police Chief Chris Magnus made this announcement. The new evidence and information in conjunction with the details and evidence from the initial investigation was presented to the Pima County Attorney's Office and then to the Pima County Grand Jury. On Friday, September 14th, 36-year-old Christopher Matthew Clements was indicted on multiple felony charges. Clements was served the indictment at the Maricopa County Jail, where he is being held in conjunction with unrelated matters. The Pima County attorney then spells out all of the charges against Clements, which includes first-degree murder, kidnapping, and burglary in the second degree. Christopher Clements was actually at liberty for the murder of Isabel Sellis for a bit longer than she was alive. His apprehension was long overdue. Chief Magnus and Pima County Attorney Barbara Wall both stated Clements is innocent until proven guilty in court. We reached out to Clements' lawyer for this podcast and did not hear back. The Sellis family has not spoken publicly since the discovery of Isabel's remains and the arrest of Christopher Clements, but the family's attorney made this statement after Clements' arraignment. It's been a long road. Uh, Again, they believe in the system, and they want to thank the community for everything they've done for so many years. It's going to be a tough road. Um, They're a strong family. Next time on Disappeared in the Desert. It's going to be hard because knowing that he took my daughter's last breath is, and he's standing right there in front of us, you know, that's, that's the, the hard thing. The Tucson Police Homicide Unit and Pima County Sheriff's Homicide Unit began working together on the two cases. Christopher Clements linked to another major crime, what he told investigators that turned him into a suspect in another case. Disappeared in the Desert is a KOLD News 13 original podcast hosted by Shaylee Sanders and Bud Foster. Special thanks to our editor, Jesse Zoller, writer and executive producer, Colleen Menadier, digital content producer, Mia Courtright, and executive producer of Daily Content, Michael Cooper. For more information about this case, visit KOLD.com.